Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me for the second hour of Open Line with me, Michael Rydelnik. This is Moody Radio's Bible Study Across America, where we get together around the radio kitchen table to talk about your questions about the Bible, God, and the spiritual life. I'm Michael Rydelnik. I'm professor of Jewish studies at Moody Bible Institute, serving as academic dean as well. I'm so glad to be with you live from Chicago, all across Moody Radio. If you have a question today, just give me a call. The phone number is 877-548-3675. Remember, you can call or write with your question about the Bible, God, or the spiritual life. 877-548-3675. If you can't call, just go to our website. Click on the link. It's openlineradio.org. Click on the link that says, Ask Michael a Question. Fill out the form, and your question will be added to the mailbag. Uh, first hour today, my guest was Dr. Charlie Dyer. If you missed it, go back and listen online or on the podcast or uh, through the Moody Radio app. Uh, he's just so knowledgeable about Bible prophecy, and that's why I've chosen his book that we're using as our current resource. It's called What Does the Bible Say About the Future? 30 Questions on Bible Prophecy, Israel, and the End Times. This is a biblical, non-sensational uh, book. It, it reminds us, I think more than anything else, about why the return of Jesus is called the Blessed Hope in Scripture. He knows it. It's They are simple, easy-to-understand answers to questions that perplex people. It's a great book, and it's yours when you give a gift of any size to Open Line. We want to say thank you. We'll send you a copy. So if you'd like a copy of that book and uh, you'd like to give a gift and get one, uh, the way to do it is call 888-644-7122 or go to openlineradio.org. Remember, ask for what does the Bible say about the future? Now, we have some questions left over from last hour about the future, but you can call this hour with uh, any question you have about the Bible, God, or the spiritual life. But we're going to continue talking about some prophetic questions. We're going to start now with Margaret in Safety Harbor, Florida, listening to WKES. Welcome to Open Line, Margaret. How can I help you today? Oh, I'm hoping you can help me. I'm kind of confused now. I was uh, hoping that Charlie would still be on. He speaks about Oops. how literal the Bible is and uh, mm-hmm. and the physicality of um, of heaven. When I was growing up, I was told that to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. When Christ ret- when Jesus returns and the dead in Christ rise, were those people who were saved and chose to be cremated, will they be able to enter heaven complete? I'm okay. just very confused about the whole thing. It seems okay. like DNA is really important. <laughs> yeah, well, let's start with this. You're right. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. Every believer, when we die, we go to be with the Lord Jesus, okay? Every one of us. Uh, if we've trusted in Jesus, we believe that he died for our sins and rose again, we go to be with him. Okay, that's so you're absolutely right. Uh, there's also the promise in First Thessalonians 4 that when the rapture occurs, the Lord Jesus will return and the dead in Christ, those who are s- seemingly sleeping 
those who are in their graves will be resurrected and they will be reunited with their immaterial part that's been with the Lord since they died. You, I think you follow that, right? That the the, uh, yeah. the buried bodies we get will to be... the cremation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now the thing is, I think it's pretty amazing that a decomposed body would be resurrected or someone buried at sea and perhaps their body was eaten by an animal and digested, right? Uh, there's... Uh, th- there are so many other things about this. Now, there, the thing that I would say to you is that th- no matter what happens, the molecules are still there. Whether they're ashes or a decomposed body or whatever it is, the, a- the molecules never go away. They just go through, they're transformed. And the Lord, I think the whole idea of resurrecting a body is amazing. Why should we think that God can't resurrect ashes. Why can't he do that? If he can do the first, he can do the second. And so uh, what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4 is that when the Lord Jesus returns, it says, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way, God will bring with him, that's the Lord Jesus, those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. So when you imagine the Lord Jesus returning at the rapture, who's he bringing with him? He's bringing with him those who have fallen asleep with Jesus. They are returning. And then what happens? The dead in Christ rise first. Their bodies go and they are joined to their eternal immaterial, their spirits that are with the Lord Jesus. That is true whether people are cremated, buried at sea, or decomposing in a grave. It doesn't matter. Uh, God will restore us. So don't worry about cremation God has the power to raise up even those who have been cremated. Okay? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your call, Margaret. Really appreciate it. Uh, We're going to speak next with Ori. Ori? I guess that's it. Uh, Listening in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Listening to WJCS. Welcome to Open Line. How can I help you today? Um, my, I have a question about... Wait, wait, wait. I have questions for you first. Uh, how okay. old are you, Ari? I'm eight. You're eight years old? What grade are you in? Third. Third grade. Wow. And uh, do you have a favorite subject at school? Um, math. Math. That's wonderful. Uh, I think math is really important. You know, this way you can you can learn to count without using your fingers and toes. Don't you think that's really a good thing? So uh, I think it's wonderful that you're listening to Open Line. Do you listen with your parents? Mm-hmm. Good. Every and without too, huh? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I guess you have a question about Bible prophecy. Is that true or something else? Do you have a question? Okay, go ahead with your question. Uh, What's your question? Well, if you don't believe in Jesus and you die, could you, like, like, do you have, like, time to, like, could you, like, change your, like, emotion? Like, could you still believe in Jesus after you die and then go to heaven? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, 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 I never claim to know 
exactly what happens in the future after you die. But there's enough information in the Bible that I know what the scriptures have to say about this. And here's what I think is really clear in scripture, that God sends his spirit out into the world, the Holy Spirit, and when he comes, the Holy Spirit, it says that he will convince the world about sin, that we're all sinners, righteousness, that we need to be perfect to present ourselves, to be perfectly righteous, to stand before the Father, and judgment, judgment referring to that one day we'll stand before God and judge, and he will judge us. And uh, they will be, the Holy Spirit will convict, verse 9 says, about sin because they don't believe in me. And about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you'll no longer see me. Because the, the Lord Jesus is the only one that can stand in the Father's presence perfectly uh, with righteousness. And about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Because Satan has been judged, so will everyone who decides not to believe. So here's the thing I'm telling that the Bible tells me is that the Holy Spirit is working in everyone's life in this world. So God is trying to draw all men. The other thing that uh, the book of Romans says, that the whole creation is testifying to the existence of God. And when people respond to what's out there, all the creation that they say, ah, there must be a creator— if they respond to that positively, uh, God will send more information. So I guess what I'm saying is, as best I can tell, there isn't a second chance after we die, but there are a lot of chances before we die that that God is sending. He has the the whole creation testifies of Him, and in, if people respond to Him as the Creator, He will send more information about the Lord Jesus being our Redeemer. Also, the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of everyone to try and draw them, to show them their need for the Lord Jesus, that he is the one that they need. So I can't see a second chance, but there are a whole lot of chances before a person dies. I think that's what's so important for us to remember. And one of the most important chances that they have is God uses you and me to tell people about the Lord Jesus. And as we do that, more and more people, you know, the Lord <clears throat> the Lord Jesus promised or commanded us to go out and convince people about him, to make disciples of the nations. Uh, and and uh, so we have to let people out there know that the Lord Jesus is the promised one, that he died for our sins and rose again. And that gives them more chances to believe. So there are lots of chances before a person dies. Does that help at all? Yeah. Ari? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, listen, Ari, you you tell your classmates, you tell your friends, you tell them all uh, that that the Lord Jesus came for them. I think that would be a great thing. Okay? Hello. Okay, great. Hey, Thank thanks you. for your call. Yeah, we're going to take a break here. Uh, great call from Ari, and uh, if you have a question about the Bible, God, or the spiritual life, give us a call, the number 877-548-3675. This program is called Open Line. My name is Michael Rydelnik, and when we come back, we'll take your questions 
about the scriptures in just a moment, so stay right there. Welcome back to Open Line with Michael Rydelnik. That's me. You know, as kitchen table partners, I've been running into a number of them at Moody Bible Institute and various places I've gone. I just want to say thank you so much for being a kitchen table partner. So many of you came up to me this past year and said that just listening to the program was an encouragement to you, so you became a kitchen table partner. One of our kitchen table partners said... If anyone listens to Open Line regularly, they should be a kitchen table partner. I said, well, you know, people need to decide that for themselves. But if you are encouraged and strengthened and helped by Open Line, I hope you'll consider it. Uh, These monthly gifts by our kitchen table partners make it possible for me to teach God's Word every week. Maybe if, if you would consider it, you can become one, and your monthly gift will help people from coast to coast, even around... We are having some technical difficulties, um, and so I'm Trish McMillan. I am the producer, and um, through the magic of radio, um, Michael is actually off-site today, and um, we're having some technical difficulties reaching him. Um, earlier, last hour, we were actually talking about um, our thank you gift for listeners who give a gift of any amount. It is called, What Does the Bible Say About the Future? And we had a wonderful conversation with Dr. Charlie Dyer, uh, who is the host of the Moody Radio program, The Land and the Book. And if you give a gift of any amount, we will send you a copy of this book, request this book. Um, There's lots of great questions like we've been answering this morning about what the Bible says about the future, Bible prophecy, Israel, end times, What is the Battle of Armageddon? Do Jewish festivals point to the time of Christ's return? Why will Jesus reign on earth be for a thousand years? Uh, Lots of great questions. There's 30 questions that get answered in this book that you can request with a gift of any amount when you call 888-644-7122, 888-644-7122. Or you can go to our website, openlineradio.org, and there's a link there where you can uh, give a gift. Click on a picture of the book there at our website. On our website, you can also send in your questions for the mailbag. Um, There's a spot. It says, Ask Michael a Question, and you can fill that out, and those email, well, it, it puts it into an email and gets sent to me, and I go through all of those questions and I add those to the mailbag, which we do at the bottom of each hour of Open Line. And so you can uh, fill that out, and I add those to the mailbag. So we love to hear from you. We love to hear how the program's ministering to you. Um, and yeah, we just we enjoy being here to be able to talk with you about the Bible, to uh, study the Bible together with the questions that you are calling in with. A lot of times you're studying during the week. And you're bringing those questions to us. Um, and we thankfully have Michael back now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, we're really glad that you're listening and glad that you call us every week for Open Line yeah. here on Moody Radio. Yeah. 
Well, what happened there? We don't know. Technology. No idea. Uh, that's what happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's let's uh, take a caller. I guess I don't know what you were doing the last few minutes. I told but... him about our thank you gift. And then I okay. told him about the Ask Michael a Question portion on our website. Okay. So, yeah. Did you tell him about becoming a kitchen table partner? I I'll didn't do that mention next. that, no. Okay. <laughs> that's what I was doing when I started to, saw you guys waving your arms. There we go. So, okay, well, we're back now. We're going to talk with Carol in Valparaiso, Indiana, listening on WMBI. Welcome to Open Line, Carol. Hi, thank you. My husband and I look forward to hearing you on Saturdays. And Tricia did a great job of filling in the Time thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And also, I'm always grateful for Tricia. She always does a great job. So thanks. So um, my question is that um, I listen a lot to Moody and I have no idea who brought this up. But I was wondering if digital currency plays a place in uh, end time prophecy in what's coming. Well, you know, when I, I became a pastor... I'm going to tell you what year, 1983. So it was 40 years ago. Can you imagine that? And wow. it was a very small, yeah. very small congregation in Columbus, Ohio. And I was just at a seminary, and I met a young woman who was going to that congregation, and I asked her, what do you do for a living? And she said, I work for the Antichrist, which, of course, took me aback, and she just laughed. And she said she worked with a company that was developing something called barcodes can you imagine uh-huh. that <laughs> and she laughed because she yeah. said people think that's going to be uh some somehow related to the digital currency and the the mark of the beast and things like that and and i said well i don't think so and she said i don't either so that was that <laughs> and then uh you know people were asking me if the uh what do you call it the the uh vaccine is the mark of the beast uh nope can't see it don't see it at all now people are saying we're going to a cashless society and that's the mark of the beast let me just say people will not be able to receive the mark of the beast unless they willingly and willfully take it it is not something that's related to credit cards or things like that and so uh if that's what you mean by digital currency mm, oh no um, i didn't yeah I didn't mean the mark of the beast. I just meant, is that like one world currency? Is that like something that will be put in place and will enable that, uh, some of those well, things in process? No, I think, you know, there's the euro and there's, uh, uh, you know, the, in Israel there's the shekel and Turkey has different currency as does Greece. Uh, and... You know, I've been in a lot of countries where there's uh, Great Britain has different currency than the the euro. Uh, so as as a result, I don't think that there's going to be a one world currency right now. I don't know what the future holds, but right now, there may be in the future. But right now, I don't see it at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to speak next with Steve. Uh, in Columbia Station, Ohio, listening to WCRF. Welcome to Open Line. How can I help you? Hey, Dr. Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I know that the the word says that uh, the Antichrist is going <clears> to <throat> make false peace agreements with uh, with Israel. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if possibly a, a past politician that we had uh, who went to Israel and made agreements 
and so much so that he even changed the location of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, his one of his main negotiators was his son-in-law, who was who's not a diplomat or involved in anything yeah, just, like uh, that. Just go ahead with your question. We know about the history. Go ahead. What, what's okay, what's your I question? I was just wondering. Do you think that do you think that that former agreement will have something to do with uh, what's going to happen in the future with the tribulation? Mm, I see. Well, the uh, the book of First Thessalonians says in uh, chapter uh, five, I believe, uh, when everyone is saying peace and safety or peace and security, verse three, when they say peace and security, then sudden destruction destruction comes on them. So it does appear that the tribulation period starts in a time of peace and safety. Also, the invasion in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is coming at a time when Israel is living in a time of uh, peace, because it says uh, it says it repeatedly when that invasion, which I think takes place somewhere near the end of the first half of the tribulation, uh, it, it takes place when people is living in a time of security, and uh, when they're when they it says in verse uh, eleven, for example, I will come against a tranquil people, Israel, who are living securely all of them living without walls or without bars or gates. That's, that's when the Lord says, that's the time that will happen. And so the question becomes, are the Abraham Accords with the Gulf states and Israel, are they the, the peace and safety that First Thessalonians 5 is talking about? That's what your question is, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Well, I don't think so. Because it says a little bit later in this passage, in Ezekiel 38, when that invasion happens, it says, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all its rulers will ask you, that's, will ask the nations that invade Israel, uh, have you come to see spoil? Have you assembled your hordes to carry off plunder, to make off uh, with silver and gold, to take cattle and possessions, to seize great spoil. Uh, but it, it doesn't say in this passage that Sheba and Dedan join in the battle. Sheba and Dedan are Gulf states. That's what that, the names of those places were in biblical days. And so what it appears to be saying, and I think the ships of Tarshish, the merchants of Tarshish, that's Tarshish being in Spain. I think that's the merchants of Europe. And so what it's saying is that the Gulf states... And the uh, EU, apparently, are going to be saying things like, uh, well, are you coming to invade? And if not, uh, but they're, they're just going to ask questions. They're not going to be part of the invasion. So it seems to me that even in the tribulation period, the uh, peace that's uh, uh, taken about, taken by the Gulf states, that doesn't fail. Those stations will not invade uh, as part of it, as best I can tell. So I think we should do all we can in this day and age to work for peace. I don't think that the uh, uh, Abraham Accords are part of the false messiah's peace. Okay? Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Um, do, you, 
do you think at the end of the three and a half years, um, the first three and a half years, that I've always known that as being the false piece, the first three and a half years? Uh, yeah. You say it's it's been going on a long time. You know, the well, false piece. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the uh, the tribulation period will start with a peace agreement between the false Messiah and the nation of Israel. And they that's what, when everyone's saying peace and safety, that's when the day of the Lord will hit. That's what that's saying. When he signs that agreement with Israel and everyone thinks there's peace and safety, that's, that's uh, because of that agreement. So the peace and safety actually begins with the beginning of the tribulation. When everyone's okay. thinking, ah, gotcha. we fi- finally have peace and security, that's when actually the unbeknownst to everyone, that's when the invasion happens. So uh, that's that's when the day of the Lord begins and the, the tribulation period. And then somewhere near the first half, you get the invasion of Gog and Magog, uh, which I think is an Islamic invasion of Israel. Then you've got the breaking of the treaty right there in the middle, and then it becomes very bad for Israel. Uh, the The false messiah will do everything he can to destroy Israel, but God will protect them. But it will be bad. Uh, so that's how I understand it. I actually wrote a book once called Understanding the Arab-Israeli Conflict. And there's a whole chapter about the, the peace prospects, and I include the, Messiah, the false messiah's false peace there in that section. But anyway, thanks for your call. Appreciate it, Steve. We're going to be right back with the mailbag. Trish is coming in. You're going to get to hear that uh, that voice once again who stepped in for me for a moment. We'll be right back. This is Open Line with Michael Randelnik. Welcome back to Open Line. So glad to be with you uh, here today, every week, right here from Chicago. And joining me right now, is Trisha McMillan. She is the uh, the maven of the mailbag. Uh, there we go. That's a new word. I taught it to you last week, Trisha. Do you remember what that is? Kind of the, no. The expert. <laughs> the expert. The mailbag expert. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see. There's two things I want to talk with you about before we go to questions. One, flyaway contest. Yes. Is that over? No. There's one more week. Okay. It goes until next week through next weekend so people can actually sign up and perhaps win this is a ca- trip to israel for right. two it's the israel flyaway contest to go on the open line uh israel trip which is yep. happening june 4th to 15th i've had a couple people email when we've talked about it and say but when is it <laughs> june 4th to 15th of this year and yep. you have another week i'd recommend doing it sooner than later but you can enter to win a trip for two for all expenses paid and all of that that's involved in that. So your airplane ticket and the hotels and the food and all the things yep. um, to go with Dr. Rydelnik and with Dr. Joe Stoll, um, who will be the teachers. Also, Eva is going to teach yeah. a little bit. Eva's going to teach. Um, yeah. And I'm going. And you can come along with us to Israel. They're... Um, There's no more room on the trip. so The trip itself is full. And so these are the last remaining two spots that you could win. And so you can go to our website, openlineradio.org, 
There's a big banner across the top that says Israel Flyaway Contest. You can click on that. You can learn more about the trip, um, what's required, and um, how to enter all of that you can find there. I did have a question for you about it. Someone yep. was asking how um, how athletic <laughs> do you need to be? How much how much um, you need to be activity? able to walk a mile briskly to to go and be able to walk up and down a full flight of stairs. Okay, so someone who has who would need to be in a wheelchair or. Needs Unfortunately, to, okay. it, it's... Uh, Needs some assistance that way. Yeah, a wheelchair person. It's not that they can't go to Israel, but they they would uh, need to go on a different trip. Okay, this, one. this particular trip would not be yeah. the best choice, but yeah. there are other trips that would be more accommodating. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So but, you can do that now, at our website, the Israel Flyaway yeah. Contest. Yeah, that's it. Okay. okay. And what was also, the other thing? When, when all of a sudden I got disconnected with you right there... Yeah. Uh, I was in the midst of talking about how we love it when we get to meet listeners and uh, that people come up and talk to us about being kitchen table partners. And I really appreciate that. And I just want to let people know that there are many people who I've met kitchen table partners and they say everyone who listens regularly should be a kitchen table partner. I'm not sure about that. But if you are a kitchen, if you are a regular listener and you enjoy open line and you find it helpful in your walk with the Lord, then maybe you might consider becoming a kitchen table partner. If you do, that helps you give monthly, give a gift monthly, and we can stay on the air weekly and help people in their walk with the Lord. And the the way to do that, if you would like to become a kitchen table partner, is to call uh, 888-644-7122. That's 888-644-7122. Or go to openlineradio.org. And if you do become a Kitchen Table Partner, we'll send you a digital Bible study, an audio Bible study that you click on in your email and listen to it every other week. It's a lot of fun, and I hope you'll consider doing that. Again, if you'd like to become a Kitchen Table Partner and give monthly, call 888-644-7122. And uh, we're going to, uh, I guess, take some mailbag questions now, Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Our first question is from Gordon. He wrote us on Facebook. And wants to know um, about angels. Does the Holy Spirit indwell angels, or are they infused with the Holy Spirit, or are they more like Spock, who was a Vulcan on the starship oh. creation, <laughs> or are they just less selfish beings than mankind? The, what the book of Hebrews tells us is that angels are ministering spirits. That's what they are. They are ministering spirits. And uh, I think it says in verse 14 of, of chapter 1 of Hebrews, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? So that is sort of the basis of the idea of guardian angels, that in Matthew 18.10. As far as I can tell, they are spirits created to serve God and his people. And no, they are not indwelt by the Holy Spirit. They are just ministering spirits. And... Uh, I don't know what their essence is, but they are the, they are God's creation. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. There's a lot we don't understand about angels yeah. that we want to. And I think movies have filled in those blanks a lot, and so it's even hard to distinguish between what's biblical and what mm -hmm. has been filled in by books yeah. or not, 
art or <laughs> angels <laughs> um, don't get their wings when they save someone's life or do something good on earth or when, a bell you know, rings. Cla- <laughs> when a bell rings angels are not getting their wings clarence was not really you know clarence was someone who died and the idea is that, that when people die they become angels that's not true uh it is they are beings created by god to serve him and his people and you know that's that seems uh, clear enough for me. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I never wonder about things that the Bible doesn't reveal, because the things that reveal belong to us. The things that are not revealed belong to God. So, okay. Yep. Thank you for that question, Gordon. Rhonda's in South Dakota. She listens on the mobile app, and she wants to know if Philip the Apostle is the same Philip that we see in Acts, who was one of the seven sent out and who shared the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch. Does not appear to be so. Oh really? Uh, yeah, the Philip the Apostle is different. The Philip in the book of Acts is one of the seven and not chosen. one of the 12. Yeah. Oh. He's remember the seven men that were chosen to administer the food so that everyone got food appropriately of the of the widows who were from who were Hellenistic Jews that were in Jerusalem and native-born Jewish people who were from Judea. There was an issue with those widows uh, the Hellenistic ones from the diaspora of the Jewish people being not served as well. So you can see in Acts 6 when they choose them uh, that they choose everyone with uh, Hellenistic names. Uh, so uh, it says that uh, they chose seven men and uh, they chose Stephen and Philip and Prochorus, Nicanor. Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, who was a proselyte from Antioch. And then you get, it's so interesting because the book of Acts has this really kind of interesting method Luke uses where he introduces people and then he kind of expands on their role. So you have uh, Stephen and Philip introduced here in chapter 6. Then chapter 7, you've got the story of Stephen expanded. Mm -hmm. And then in chapter 8, you get the story of Philip expanded Mm -hmm. philip and samaria and so forth uh and the ethiopian official so yeah it's a different philip than the one in the list of the apostles is there um, is there a way that we can how how can i figure that out (laughs) like like without without asking you is there a resource? Um, what? Um, not a resource specifically, but like, is there a type of resource that I could well, look into to figure out? You know, is James the Lesser different from James who wrote the Book of yeah. James? Different from uh, James sure. the Great? Like, how how do I determine if they're the same person or not? Sure. Well, first of all, you could look in a Bible dictionary, okay. and we have a great one at Moody Moody Publishers. It's called the the Unger's Bible Dictionary. Unger's Bible Dictionary is terrific. Unger starts with a U, U N G E R. Sometimes sounds like younger, but it's Unger, yeah. just a U. Unger, Jewish, Unger Bible Dictionary. Okay. He was a great uh, Bible scholar uh, of a past generation. It's been revised since he passed away, but uh, it's it's a great resource. The other thing, what did the disciples say when they, this is the apostles? When they chose the seven, it says in Acts 6, 2, the 12 summoned the whole company of the disciples. So this is the 12 apostles. And they said, it would not be right for us to give up preaching about God to handle financial matters. Therefore, brothers, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit. So the 12, that would include Philip the Apostle, correct? Yes. 
and they say he they, they then say we're not going to do that. You choose seven, and they chose someone also named Philip. Okay. And so you see why just in that passage it makes it clear that that Philip is not the same Philip as the one of the twelve. Right. Okay. So sometimes right. there are contextual clues if we see them. <laughs> yeah. If that can help it. us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Okay. You want to try and do one more? Sure. Okay. Whew, I'm trying to think which of these would be faster. Deb in Ohio writes us. She listens to WCRF. It says, thank you for your ministry and for the privilege of being a kitchen table partner. We know that the ministry of the Holy Spirit includes... Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, let's say. <laughs> uh, we know the ministry of the Holy Spirit includes revelation, conviction of sin, regeneration, and teaching, to name just a few things. What will the ministry of the Holy Spirit be in eternity? Do we know? Well, you know, I think part of the role that we get from the Lord Jesus is he says that he's going to leave, but he won't leave us as orphans, he says in the Upper Room Discourse, uh, but he'll send another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll be in his presence in the new creation, right? The new heavens, the new earth. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't rightly know. If you read Revelation 21 and 22, it doesn't really say what the Holy Spirit's role will be. I can read the Old Testament, see what his Holy Spirit's role was there. I can read the New Testament and see the role of the Holy Spirit as it is in, in this age that we're in now, uh, after the ascension of the Lord Jesus until his return. I can see what the Holy Spirit's going to do in the tribulation period. The Bible talks about that in Joel 2, 28 through 32, uh, and other places as well. So if the Bible told me, then I would know. Do I think he will have a, a role? Absolutely. I think he will empower God's servants to serve him. It says in Revelation uh, that his servants will serve him in the, in the new creation. So we're going to serve him. I think even then, even in our mortal glorified bodies that we will have then, we'll still need the power of the Spirit. And so I suspect he will uh, continue, in, in a sense, to empower us. But that's just surmising. Okay. I don't know for sure. Okay. Okay. So it is. It. Doesn't say a whole lot if yep. at all. Doesn't say about it. This. Just doesn't tell us. Okay. So, but but yeah. the Holy Spirit will be in eternity because he's the he's he's part of the Godhead, right. the eternal one. So right. yeah, he has to be there. All right. So yeah. Well, listen. Thanks for those questions. You're and welcome. Again, Trisha, thanks for stepping in when we had that little uh, uh, blip. <laughs> right. That's what you I'm here great. for. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. We're going to be right back with more of your questions in just a moment. You're listening to Open Line with Michael Rydellick. That was Trisha McMillan. She's the producer of Open Line, and she's the expert when it comes to the mailbag. And thank you for doing that, Trisha. Stay right there with us. We're going to be back with more of your questions in just a moment right here on Moody Radio's Open Line. Back to Open Line. I'm so glad to be with you today. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, my mom, I, I mentioned this last hour, but I think it's just amazing. My mom survived, obviously, the concentration camp. She was in the Ludge Ghetto before concentration camp. She was an RN and worked in the infirmary 
The amazing thing to me is she said that the building that the infirmary was housed in was actually before the war, before the invasion of Poland, had been the location of the Chosen People Ministries Ministry Center in Ludz. Chosen People Ministries has been around for a long, long time, and they had a ministry center in Ludz, and that's the building that was taken over in the ghetto to to be the infirmary. And, you know, when you think about that dark time of the Holocaust, was there ministry happening? Was there anything good happening? Well, Chosen People Ministries is uh, offering us a, a book right now. It's called Never Again, The Holocaust Remember. It's a collection of stories from the Chosen People Ministries archives detailing the courage, bravery, and grace found in the midst of that unspeakable time of tragedy during the Holocaust. And this book reminds us that the Lord was even working then in those very, very difficult and dangerous days. And it encourages us, as we read it, to stand up for the Jewish people, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to oppose the growing anti-Semitism of today. It's a very interesting book. If you'd like a free copy of Never Again, all you have to do is go to our website, openlineradio.org, scroll down, you'll see a link that says, A Free Gift from Chosen People Ministries. Click on that, you'll be taken to a page where you can sign up for your very own free copy of Never Again, The Holocaust Remembered. And we're going to speak with Randy right now in Noblesville, Indiana, listening to WGNR. Welcome to Open Line, Randy. How can I help you? Hey, Dr. Rodelnik. Uh, very good. Hey, uh, the topic on prophecy is, is, is timely. Our small group's been, been looking at the end times. And I know there's this interfamily difference of opinion on the various millennial views and the, um, you know, between premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial. And then within the premillennial camp, you got the pre-tribs, pre-wrath, post-tribs. And here's my question. There are good, solid Christians who are trying to rightly divide the word. Um, uh, you know, yourself, Mark Hitchcock, Ron Rhodes, premillennial, uh, Alan Kirshner, pre-wrath, uh, Michael Brown, post-trib, Sam Storms, amillennial. You know, we kind of came down to saying that, well, you know, h- how do you sort this all out? Because you got such good men um, uh, with different views. Is is it really something that we layman Christians need to be worried about, or is the essence of end times to be ready because no one knows when the Lord will return? Yeah, I don't think it's to become uh, pan-millennial or, or pan-tribulation, you know, it'll all pan out in the end. Uh, that's not the solution. I think we're, we're called upon to study to show ourselves approved, and we should be studying. I think that everyone comes at this with a different hermeneutic. Uh, a, a method of biblical interpretation. Uh, it's sort of like when you play Monopoly or a game like that. What you want to do is play by the rules on the on the back. You play by the rules, and but everyone has a different set of rules. Can you imagine playing Monopoly and everyone has a different set of rules? You know that that would make it hard. Uh, so the reason I come out as I do, uh, for example, as pre-trib and pre-mill believe that the rapture will take place before the future tribulation and that the Lord Jesus will return and establish his kingdom before the millennium and will reign for a literal thousand years, and then there'll be a new creation. That's my view, uh, is because I, I think that we all try and take the scriptures uh, according to the plain sense, but I believe that view holds to it most consistently. That's what I would say. The, 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 for example, the, the amillennialist would say, yeah, we take the scriptures in its plain sense literally, except we don't buy this thing about God's restoring of Israel. So 
we have to then make that figurative, and we come up with uh, an amillennial view. So the, the most consistent, plain, normal interpretive system is what I think comes out pre-trib, pre-mill. Uh, you know, my friend Michael Brown, I think, is post-trib because he's very, very concerned with holiness. That's his presupposition. And because of that, he thinks the church needs to be purged. And so even though the tribulation is the time of Jacob's trouble, he wants the church to go through the tribulation because he believes that's how God will purge and make the the church more pure. But I disagree with him. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. But I, what I can see is his presupposition, which he's so concerned about, is what affects his interpretation. Uh, and uh, the pre-wrath is, I think, just a, that's an interpretive difference. Uh, the pre-wrath view seems to think that the wrath of God is all centered at the end of the tribulation, but the entire tribulation is called the wrath of God, uh, particularly in Revelation 6. And so as a result, I'm pre-trib, not pre-wrath, pre-post-trib. And, you know, sometimes people think most about the post-toasties and all that stuff. But the truth of it is that I think a plain interpretation of the Bible consistently applied will lead to the position that I hold. Of course, my friends who differ with me would say that the plain interpretation of the Bible consistently applied leads to theirs. But that's what I think the difference is. Here's what I would recommend. There's a really good book. It's Moody Publishers by Paul Benware. It's called Understanding End Times Prophecy. And he goes through the different views and shows the strengths and weaknesses of all and uh, tries to make the case for the pre-tribulational, pre-millennial, literal interpretation of prophecy. It's written by Paul Benware. Again, Paul Benware's Understanding End Times Bible Prophecy, End Times Prophecy, Understanding End Times Prophecy. It's a great book. Okay? Does that help at all, Randy? Thank you very much, Doctor. Yeah, so glad. And, you know, uh, check out the first hour today. If you missed it, I had Charlie Dyer on. And Charlie's a great friend and uh, was also, uh, he's the author of our current resource, which you can still get. Life do. It's uh, Understanding... Uh, questions about the end times. That's what it's about. Uh, you can get that book uh, just by going to our website, clicking Give a Gift of Any Size. You'll get it. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's the first hour, the second hour. We're going to be back we, next week with more Open Line. And uh, check out our website, openlineradio.org. It's got our current resource, how to become a kitchen table partner. Uh, keep listening, keep reading the Bible. And we'll talk about it next week. Open Line with Dr. Michael Rydelnik is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. See you next week.